Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Well, hello there. In case you didn't know, we are doing something different this summer. I know a lot of you are still in school, but most of you are wrapping it up. And even if you are still in school, you probably only have a few weeks left. So I am starting off our summer teacher road trip. I'm going to be sharing throughout the summer different themes and clips from past episodes that support that theme to kind of help you dive back into some old past episodes, maybe listen to some that you have missed along the way. And just to kind of recap everything that we've talked about this school year and just to switch it up and make things a little bit more fun around here. But before we officially embark on our summer road trip together, I thought it would be fun to do an Ask Me Anything episode. You don't want to hop into a car with a stranger, right? And although we have been together here for over a year since I started the podcast, if you've been with me this whole time, and even if you haven't, it's always nice to know a little fun facts about the people that you are, quote unquote, riding to school with each day. And as your carpool buddy and now your road trip companion, I thought it would be fun to share some interesting facts and answer some questions that you all had. I asked last week for people to submit their questions. I had a lot of questions come through. And although I can't answer all of them because I had a lot that I received, I tried to compile the questions that appeared most often and um, share those with you here today. But before we get started, I want to make sure that you are signed up and ready to go for all the fun that we're going to be having on our summer road trip here. Over at classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip, if you are not already on my email list, you're going to want to get on that email list because each week starting next week, there will be giveaways and freebies and I want to make sure that you get on that. So each week, as I mentioned uh, prior that we will be doing a theme. So we might have a reading theme or a writing theme. And with each theme, there are going to be specific freebies and giveaways related to that theme. So you don't want to miss it. So just make sure you head over to classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip and you won't miss a single one. All right, let's go ahead and dive into these Ask Me Anything questions. The first one I thought was a great one to start off with and it comes from Ingrid. And she asks, how did your vision of this podcast come to life? And I thought that was a great question because I've never really kind of explained that here on the podcast. So I'm going to do that now. So I have been blogging since 2010 over on my old blog, theclassroomgamenook.com. That's kind of where I started. I had a focus all around games and then quickly realized that I wanted to do so much more in games. So I kind of dropped the game part of Nook, Classroom Game Nook, and I just was the Classroom Nook, which is what I am today. And I continued to blog under the classroom nook, which is likely where you found me. And I realized that writing always took me so, so long and I really enjoyed talking. So I thought, man, it would be so great to do a podcast. But of course, I initially thought, you know, too much tech, too much work that goes into it. But it just kind of was an idea that kept coming back to me and back to me and back to me. And then, you know, as most great ideas do come to you in the middle of the night, I woke up and I thought, oh, classroom commute. So we have the Classroom Nook, which is kind of my home base for finding me on the internet. And it's obviously my Teachers Pay Teachers store and all my social media handles. But the Classroom Commute was kind of a nice extension to that because 
you have the home base of the classroom nook and then we can also ride together in the classroom commute on your way to school. And I thought it was a great way to kind of take me along with you on your ride into school and learn from me that way as opposed to through blogging on the classroom nook. Because let's be honest, how often do we actually have to sit down and read a blog post from start to finish? And on top of that, I always thought it would be fun when I was in the classroom if I had a teacher to kind of ride into school with and carpool with and just chat a bit. So the classroom commute was born. And here we are 72 episodes later, over a year, and I'm still going strong. I have only missed one episode in that full year and a half since I started. So I think it's fair to say that I enjoyed this way more than I ever did blogging. And not to mention, I am a bit of a podcast junkie myself. I love listening to podcasts while I'm working out or driving around in the car. So it only made sense that I had a podcast of my own. So thank you, Ingrid, for that question. Okay, I'm going to bounce back and forth here between personal questions and teacher-related questions. So the next one is from Kathy, and she asks, do you work with The Daily Five and Cafe, or how is it similar to your own ELA block? So I only did The Daily Five and Cafe my last two years of teaching, although I did the reader's workshop model from the very beginning, which The Daily Five and Cafe really fit in nicely into. So if you're not familiar with The Daily Five or The Cafe book, they're both um, by Gail Bauschi, I think is how you pronounce it. I'll link to both of those books in the show notes. And they essentially help set a foundation for all of the different components that you should be teaching in your reading block. So it's not a um, framework necessarily on its own. It's how and what to teach your students when it comes to literacy instruction. And so The Daily Five includes the five components of what your reading block should include. And those components are read to self, work on writing, read to someone, word work, and listen to reading. And so by embedding these different components into your reading block, you're giving students that well-rounded um, experience with literature, listening to it, hearing it, saying it, talking it, all those things in one reading block. And the idea is that students do each of these each day. And the tasks that they complete within each of these components can vary. So, you know, you have them listening to different books and doing maybe different activities. And what they're listening to maybe is something that's going to help them practice a specific skill that you're teaching. Or when they are reading to someone, maybe they're, again, reading a book that is going to have them practice a specific skill. When they work on writing, they're going to be working on something that maybe you're already teaching in your writing block. And so the Daily Five is not the curriculum, but rather the components of what your reader's block should include. Now, the cafe, on the other hand, is more of a system that complements the Daily Five structure. And so cafe stands for comprehension, accuracy, fluency, and expand vocabulary. And so you would have these letters, C-A-F-E, somewhere on a bulletin board. And under each letter, you would put different strategies and skills that students would be learning to help support their comprehension or support their accuracy and fluency and expanding vocabulary. And so you basically are building this bulletin board throughout the school year. And it's something that you want your students to refer to often when they need a strategy to help them with X, Y, and Z. You ideally want them to look at the cafe board and pick a strategy that they can learn and practice and master to help them with whatever their reading goals might be. And you practice all four of these components, comprehension, accuracy, fluency, and expand vocabulary, in all elements of the daily five and all of the different tasks, the read to self, the read to um, somebody else and all of those components. 
So these two systems kind of complement each other and should be used side by side in your reading block. So to answer your question, Kathy, I did not use this system of the Daily Five in the cafe for a really long time. I kind of just got my feet wet in it in my last couple years of teaching in the classroom. But what I did love about it was that it really helped me as a teacher to kind of focus my instruction. For example, a lot of my mini lessons came from the skills and the strategies that we would be adding to our cafe board. So if I noticed that a particular group of students was struggling with a particular strategy, we would talk about it in our mini lesson and then we would add it to the board or I would talk about it in a small group setting like my guided reading groups and we would add it to the board. So I loved that part of it where it really kind of basically gave me the strategies and skills that I was going to be teaching so I didn't have to come up with those on my own. And by using the book as my guidance, I made sure that I didn't miss any really critical skills. And in addition to that, having the cafe list of skills and strategies almost became like a checklist that I could use with each of my students. I could throughout the year kind of keep um, a running list of the skills and strategies that I've noticed that my students are using really well or even neglecting. So that cafe board became a really great assessment piece that I could use, refer to, and even use um, with parent-teacher conferences when I needed to kind of help my, my parents understand where their students were doing well and where they could um, use some improvement. Now, as far as the Daily Five goes, I kind of took bits and pieces of it and made it work in my classroom. I've shared before on um, the episode where I talked about how to launch Reader's Workshop in your classroom, and I'll link to it in the show notes. I talked about how, for me, it was really hard with the group of students that I was working in to do centers every single day. And so because the Daily Five kind of lends itself to centers, you know, you have your listening center for your read to self component, and you have your partner reading center for your read to someone component, and so on. Um, I did not find that having centers every single day with my fourth graders was a great fit for my particular group of students. So what I ended up doing was we did read to self every single day. So that was something that we always had. Um, And then a lot of the other components like the listen to reading and the word work, a lot of those were put into centers that we did on Fridays. Now, that's not to say that we didn't do the other components at all the rest of the week, but we really focused and did some laser focused activities in centers that would definitely support those different components in centers on Fridays. And certainly, a lot of these tasks did not necessarily have to be done in a formal setting like Reader's Workshop. So for example, the listen to reading component, that could be done through a read aloud that we would do after lunch that would kind of fulfill or you know check off that particular component for the day. Or the work on writing was done during Writer's Workshop when they were in their work period and were working on their story. Or maybe I had them do a read to someone you know, when we, when we were in social studies and I had them turn to a partner and read something that we were working on together and they would read, um, take turns reading the article that we were learning. So I think the po- important thing here is that you don't have to necessarily do all of these uh, daily five tasks together in one particular reading block. You can incorporate these throughout the day. I think the important thing here is that you take these daily five tasks and the cafe and you apply them to all aspects of your teaching and your learning. Because of course, they're reading in everything that they're doing. So I hope that answers your question, Kathy, about how I used these two things, the Daily Five and the cafe in my own classroom. I'm certainly not an expert on it because I only, like I said, did it for a couple of years in my classroom. But I really do love the system. And I think that anybody who's looking for a little bit of a, a structure to kind of help them, you know, 
get a, their mindset around how to teach reading and literacy in their classroom, these two books are a great um, tool for that. So I will link to both of those books in the show notes. All right, that was kind of a long-winded answer to Kathy's question, so I'll try to make the other ones a little shorter. Um, Kelsey asks, how many kids do you have? And the answer to that is real short and sweet. I have two. I have Clara, my daughter, who is seven. She turned seven in March. And I have my son, Levi, who is two and a half. And so it's kind of interesting. There's a a pretty large gap in between them, but it actually has worked out really well for us um, because I don't think I'd be able to handle two kids under, you know, three or four like a lot of people do. They have like two under two. And I do not think that that would have been a good fit for me and my husband. We like that our daughter, who's seven, can be really independent and she can get herself ready in the morning. Whereas our son, obviously, two and a half, he needs a lot more assistance. So it's nice to have that age gap. And, um, you know, it was a little hard to go back from having a five-year-old, essentially, to going back to a newborn when our son was born. You kind of forget how hard those first few years are, or first few months, rather, um, when they're newborns. But uh, worked out pretty well, and they love each other, and they play really, really well together now that Levi is a little bit older and can kind of participate in some of the activities and games that Clara wants to do. So thanks for that question, Kelsey. The next question comes from Deirdre. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. She says, how do you balance work and life and take care of yourself throughout the school year? Oh, that's the million dollar question, right? We all want to know how we don't lose our minds when it comes to balancing work and the rest of our lives. Now, it's a little different for me because I work at home year round, essentially. I um, am not in the classroom anymore, so I don't have that hard break at the end of the school year where I kind of shift into summer mode, although things do slow down quite a bit because I'm home more with my kids. They don't have school and daycare, so I'm definitely having to have that balance of work and life. Um, I'm kind of forced into that balance a little bit more in the summertime, so it's kind of opposite of teachers. But Teachers are notorious for taking their work home with them and kind of letting it run their lives. And I am certainly guilty of this myself. I can't say that I've fully mastered the work-life balance. In fact, I struggle with it quite often, especially when um, you work from home. It's kind of hard to shut it off because you're not physically leaving your place of work. Um, But I will say that I have made certain things to be big priorities to kind of help me take care of myself. And one of those things is I get up every single morning before work, even before my my family is up and I work out and I I work out at home. So I just go downstairs in my basement. I have a bike and I ride it. I listen to podcasts actually and um, or watch some shows and just kind of have that me time to myself before the rest of the day gets started. And I I've tried working out at different times during the day, but I find that the morning is the best time for me. It really kind of sets the stage for the rest of the day. It helps me to make good, healthy choices throughout the day. It just kind of gets those endorphins flowing. So that's something that has certainly helped me to maintain my sanity. Um, I also try very hard, although if you ask my husband, he would probably say I don't try hard enough to shut the laptop at the end of the day and just be home and be present. Um, like I said, it's really hard to walk out of your office and then directly into family life when you don't have that commute um, to and from work. But I certainly think it's important to set those boundaries for yourself and to give yourself a cutoff time when you will allow yourself to work. I also think nutrition plays a huge role in how we feel and how our bodies are functioning throughout the day. So I always try to make sure I have plenty of healthy snacks throughout the day drink plenty of water. So just those basic things that, you know, sometimes we don't think about or we forget to 
plan ahead for can really make a big difference in how we feel overall. So I don't think I'm sharing anything groundbreaking or things that you probably haven't already heard, but I think the key takeaway here is that you actually do them. You actually force yourself to move your body, to eat healthy, to have those boundaries, those cutoff times when you will not allow yourself to work. I think teachers especially have a hard time with that. So you kind of have to just force yourself to do it and be okay with the fact that something may not get done or it may not get done perfectly and that's okay. I'll also point you to an episode way back, episode three, where I talked about how to survive a difficult school year. So obviously, you know, if you're listening to this when this goes live, you may not be in a school year, but I think the episode speaks to the different things that you can do that are really simple, but can make a big impact on how you're feeling if you're having a difficult school year, or even if you're just in that, you know, cycle of teacher overwhelm, which is kind of hard to break out of, even if we are having a good school year. So check out that episode episode three. I'll link to it in the show notes. All right. Thanks for that question. The next question comes from Sarah and Sarah asks, what advice would you give a first year teacher? Gosh, you know, the thing about giving advice for first year teachers is the reality is we still have to make the mistakes that we make in order to learn from them. You know, no matter how prepared you are to enter that classroom, you're never going to know fully how to teach reading or fully how to teach math or whatever it is that you're teaching because you haven't done it yet. So I think my biggest piece of advice is to give yourself some grace so that when you do make those mistakes, because you will, even if somebody tells you exactly what you should teach and how to teach it, you haven't done it yet. So it's still going to be a learning curve, even if you have all the resources that you need to do it right. So I think the biggest advice is that you give yourself the grace to make those mistakes. And then when you do, you're going to learn from them and get better every single time you teach that same thing or deal with those parents or those students or whatever struggle or challenge that you're facing. I think the biggest mistake I made when I was a first year teacher is I held myself to a standard that I could not reach. And because of that, I was constantly disappointed in the way that the year was going. And you know what? The good thing is, is you only ever have to be a first year teacher once. After that, you're no longer a first year teacher and you learn more and more and you get better and better the more that you teach. All right, here's a quick question. Charity asks, coffee or tea? And my answer to that is also short and sweet. Coffee for sure. (laughs) I have a little um, plaque in my office that says, first I drink the coffee, then I do the things. (laughs) I often say that by 9 a.m., I'm typically on my third cup of coffee because my day begins at 5 a.m. I already mentioned I get up and I work out. And as soon as I work out, I let myself have that first cup of coffee and I kind of just keep drinking it throughout the day. So I love me some coffee. Amber asks, how did you make the decision to leave the classroom and work full time as a curriculum writer? I don't think I've ever really answered this question or even kind of told my journey from the classroom to full time curriculum writer. Um, And I probably should just do a full episode on that because there's a lot that went into it. But I'll give you the short version here today. Um, So I taught for several years in the city And if I'm being honest with you, it was a really hard position that I was in. I was in a really rough school um, with some very challenging students. And there were things that I liked about teaching. And then there were things that I did not like about teaching, which, of course, we all have those things. Um, But I think the biggest thing for me was I had so much anxiety when it came to teaching. I would wake up every single morning with that pit in my stomach about teaching I don't really know what it was. It was kind of hard to put a finger on it as to what was making me feel that way. But I knew that I was just not happy. 
And it was a really confusing time because I loved every single summer. I would get excited about the school year. I'd get my classroom ready. I'd do all the planning. I was that teacher that would get together with another teacher friend of mine who also was like me and loved planning. And we'd get together over the summer at a coffee shop and we would plan out and curriculum map for the year and we would just love it. And then the school year would come and I would get that same anxious feeling that I would have every single year. And looking back on it now, it kind of all makes sense. You know, I've never been clinically diagnosed with anxiety or anything like that. And I'm certainly not making any statements regards that if you yourself have, um, you know, struggled with anxiety. But I think the setting of being in the classroom and that fast paced environment where I'm making all the decisions and, you know, flying by the seat of my pants some days because you as teachers were pivoting all the time and reacting to what's going on in the classroom in the moment. And I think that that environment just brought about so much anxiety. But at the same time, I wasn't ready to just, you know, try a different career or do something completely different. So what I did is at the end of the year, I resigned and didn't really have any idea what I was going to do. I knew that I wanted to still do something in education, but I didn't know what that was going to be. So I did a lot of odd things for a year. I worked at the Y. I taught group exercise classes at the Y. Loved doing that. And then my one friend told me about Teachers Pay Teachers and said, man, you should sell your things on Teachers Pay Teachers. You're always creating things for the teachers in our school and people love them. So I guess they say the rest is history. I opened an account. I started putting up my resources and sharing them with teachers all over the country, all over the world, really. And, you know, I opened a a website and kind of just built along brick by brick. And here I am um, about 10 years later into the classroom nook and I have a podcast and all sorts of fun and exciting things that I am planning for the future. And, you know, thinking about it all now, you know, everything is obviously 2020 in hindsight, but it makes so much sense. And I know that I'm exactly where I need to be. The things that I loved about teaching, the planning and the curriculum mapping and all and coming up with the activities, those are all things that I'm still doing today. And I still get to impact students all over the world, even if they aren't ones that were in my own classroom. So that's kind of my journey from classroom to classroom nook, I guess, so to speak. All right, the next question is a little bit easier to answer. Jennifer asks, what's your favorite TV show? And I don't even have to think about it for one second. The answer is Friends, 100% Friends. I can watch season one to season 10 and then start right back over at season one again. I love it. I quote it all the time. It's funny because I will watch episodes today and I will have those flashback memories of the stage of life I was in when that episode went live and what I was doing and where I was and all sorts. So it's fun to watch it back over and over. And I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. So Friends is my favorite. And I'm super excited that they are doing a reunion show. I am here for it. All right. Kate asks, what do you like doing in your spare time? So I don't have a ton of spare time these days, you know, between just kind of working and the kids. There's not a whole lot of time that I have just to myself. But if I do have an afternoon all to myself, I do like working out on the off chance that my husband and I have an afternoon together without the kids. We like to try out, you know, great restaurants in the area. We love wine. So we live in the Finger Lakes area here in New York, which is known for its wineries. So oftentimes in the summer, we will spend Um, an afternoon going to different wineries for different tastings. We love doing that. We actually are making our own wine for the first time. So we'll see how that turns out. 
We love going on family hikes and walks. That's always a good thing to do with the whole family. It doesn't cost anything. You get to enjoy the weather. There's tons of trails where I live. So yeah, those are some of the things that I like doing when we have some spare time. All right, Tara asks, what is your daily routine? I already mentioned that I wake up early. I get up about five o'clock and I like to spend about the first 45 minutes or so working out. I bike, I lift weights, I do all that good stuff, listen to podcasts while I'm doing it. And then I am in full parent mode. I've got to get my kids ready for school and for daycare. Once I drop off my son, I come back and then my day looks different every single day. I always work from about... 8.30 till about 3.30. That's the time that I have blocked off before my kids come home again. And each day is a little different. You know, some days I'm recording a podcast episode. Some days I'm working on a new linktivity. Some days I'm going back and making corrections and edits and things like that. So every day looks a little bit different, but I spend time between the hours of 8.30 and 3.30 working on the next big project to share with you all. And the reality is I love so much what I do that it doesn't really feel like work. I know that sounds cliche when you hear people say things like, you know, choose something that you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. But that's truly how I feel about what I do. I would work probably a whole lot more than I do now if I was given the time to do so and if I didn't have other life obligations. So I really do love what I do. I love supporting teachers. I love impacting students all over the world. I shared earlier how hard it was when I was in the classroom and the anxiety that I went through and all that, but it's led me to such a great place where I am doing truly what I love to do. All right, that is all I have for you guys today. Next week, we are officially kicking off our teacher summer road trip. Make sure you head over to classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip if you are not already signed up so that you get all of the freebies and all the details about the giveaways that we'll be doing each week. It's all there for you over at classroomnook.com forward slash summer road trip. I hope you have a great start to your week and I'll be back again next week with our first leg of the journey. See you then.